In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The season of Epiphany is about the revelation of Jesus the Christ. On the day of Epiphany, he is revealed to the Magi who travel from a distant land to bring him gifts. At the octave, or eighth day of Epiphany, which we celebrated last night, Jesus is revealed to John the Baptist when the Holy Spirit descends during his baptism. And today, at the wedding of Cana, Jesus is revealed to his disciples. When Jesus turns water into wine, we would call this a miracle. But John calls it something else, a sign. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Is there a difference between a miracle and a sign? Yes, there is. These aren't synonyms. If you were to witness a miracle, your attention would be focused on the events of that miracle. It's the main attraction, so to speak. But a sign? A sign points to something else, something greater. If you're on the way to go camping at the Grand Canyon and you see a sign that says, Grand Canyon, 100 miles, do you stop there and set up your tent? No, the sign points to your destination, but you're not there yet. By itself, the sign is unimportant. It's not the real thing. It's helpful only because it points to the real thing. So it is with the signs that Jesus performs in the Gospels. The signs are meant to point to Jesus himself, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But... Most of the time, the crowd sees only a miracle man. They want to camp out next to the road signs. And perhaps this is why Jesus often heals people and then tells them to be quiet about it. He knows that we are too easily distracted by the signs. When Mary comes to Jesus during the wedding and says, they have no wine, There are two things about Jesus' answer that might seem puzzling. Woman, what does this have to do with me and you? My hour has not yet come. First, we know that Jesus is without sin, yet it still seems rude that he calls his mother woman. And second, why does Jesus say, my hour has not yet come, but then he turns around and does what she wants? Jesus is God. He doesn't make mistakes, but it seems like he changes his mind here. So what's going on? To answer the first question, we must go back to the Garden of Eden. After the fall into sin, God promised a savior saying, the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. Adam and Eve believed this promise. They were Christians, believers in Christ who was to come. In fact, they believed the promise so strongly that when Eve gave birth, she thought her son was the Messiah, calling him the Lord. She said, I have gotten a man, the Lord. Eve was right to believe that God would keep his promise, but she mistakenly thought that she was the woman from the prophecy. Sorry, Eve. Cain is not the Messiah, and you are not the woman who will give birth to God. That woman's name would remain 
a closely guarded secret for another 4,000 years. There at the wedding of Cana, when Jesus calls his mother woman. This is not a derogatory address. It is the greatest title of honor ever bestowed upon any member of the fallen human race. On this second Sunday of the Epiphany, Jesus identifies Mary as the woman of the ancient prophecy. How our mother Eve would have rejoiced to see this day. The Gospel of John records only two times that Jesus addresses his mother. Here at the beginning, at the first sign, and once more at the very end. Moments before his death, Jesus looks down upon his mother from the cross and names her that woman one last time. Woman, behold your son. And with these words is the fulfillment of the prophecy. Satan's head lies crushed beneath the feet of the seed of that woman. Now do you see the epiphany, the revealing of Jesus? The wedding of Cana is not about turning water into wine. That's the sign. But the sign is pointing to Jesus, the seed of the woman who crushes the serpent's head. And then, having identified Mary as the woman of the prophecy, Jesus says to her, my hour has not yet come. What does he mean? Is he saying he won't help with the wine? Does he change his mind later? No. Water into wine at the wedding is the sign. But the true miracle is still to come. This is a moment of epiphany, but the fullness of the plan of salvation is still to be revealed. The hour of our Lord's glory has not yet come. That day and that hour have been in the Father's keeping from the beginning until now. When the master of the feast tastes the water made wine, he exclaims to the bridegroom, you have kept the good wine until now. The word kept also means to guard or protect. You have kept the good wine. You have guarded and protected the good wine. That, I suppose, is sometimes necessary at a wedding. But remember, the wedding of Cana is the sign. What does it point to? It points to the hour of our Lord's glory. And when is this? Our Lord Jesus Christ on the night he was betrayed, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has now come. Glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you. When Jesus says that his hour has not yet come, he is speaking of the crucifixion. That's why he calls his mother woman. All these signs point to the great epiphany, the revelation of the glory of Jesus. But his is a strange glory. Had you witnessed the crucifixion, as many unbelievers in the crowd did, you would have seen only a man, mockingly titled King of the Jews, stripped of clothing, crowned with thorns, drawing his last breath as his lifeblood is poured out onto the barren ground. 
Only those brought to epiphany by the work of the Holy Spirit could see past the sign to the true miracle. Not just a man, but also God himself, king of the universe, robed with glory, crowned with all power and authority, conquering death by death, crushing the serpent's head with his nail-pierced feet. And now at last, as the water and blood flow from his side, filling the font and the chalice, we see not the sign, but the thing itself. These are no mere symbols. These are the means of life and salvation. Our Lord's hour had come, the hour in which he serves the best wine, the wine of his own blood, which he has kept and guarded until now. All scripture points to this. From the prophecy given to the first man and wife in Eden, to the sign given at the union of another man and wife at the wedding of Cana. All these signs direct our gaze to the center of human history, the dying body of our Lord Jesus lifted up in glory upon his cross. And that same body, which was broken upon the head of Satan, is now placed upon our tongues. That same blood poured out without measure upon the cursed ground of Adam's earth is now poured into our mouths for the forgiveness of sins. And as we receive him, rejoicing that our eyes have beheld the salvation of our God, we await with longing the day of the final and greatest epiphany of which hour the Father has kept and guarded until now, the marriage supper of the Lamb that has no end. And on that day we will say at last, truly our bridegroom has kept the best wine until now. In the name of Jesus, amen.